It's been a little, it's been a little bit of a long, I don't know, a hiatus, I guess we've been on. What, what do you a think, strange Jenny? journey it's been. It's always a strange journey. Anyway, so want to welcome everyone. We are two canters that have virtually walked into a bar. Um, we're, we're this close. I, I think, I think we're, we're going to get well, back to our original. Screen by moment. screen. Side by Absolutely. side. Okay. But <laughs> I am Cantor Matt Axrod from Scotch Plains, New Jersey. I am here with the gregarious. Okay. <laughs> I think I've used that one before. I'm not sure. <laughs> I am Cantor Penny Myers from Buffalo, New York. And, and and we're you're you're outdoors. You're outdoors. I am. So can I? I'm gonna just uh oh uh oh I'm I'm <laughs> no, just, this is gonna work. This is crazy. Go, go ahead, give it a shot. Okay, first of okay, all, I, I'd are... like to apologize to all of our viewers. We don't know what's going to happen here. We're, we're that's right, going are... off script. Total, yes, because we, <laughs> we never do that. <laughs> so we are approaching the end of our holiday of Sukkot, <laughs> <laughs> and that's our sukkah. Yes. And I'm in our sukkah because it's not raining. Right. It's not snoring. Storing. It's Wait. not snoring. <laughs> snowing <laughs> it's relatively it's sunny but it's just a, a hair windy so um i have stalks of corn hanging above me you, actually you, i gotta show you this you look very agrarian <laughs> over there oh my i gotta show you this it's like i could get stabbed any second oh my it's like the the sword of damocles <laughs> over your head <laughs> it's exactly where my husband puts it yes <laughs> Well, ironically enough, um, it looks like a beautiful sort of autumnal day up there in Buffalo. I'm here in the Garden State in New Jersey, and the weather is kind of like cloudy and not very nice at all. So um, bu Buffalo wins this time. But wins every time. No, just this hour. Whatever. We just uh, don't win what, again. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, oh, and uh, we, we'd like to raise a toast to our loyal... Okay. Raise a toast to our, our loyal viewership. Without you, we would just be a couple people. We would just be actually doing this for ourselves. <laughs> Which is not really the, the worst idea in the world. Um, so, Penny, um, today I thought we would talk about, now we've talked a little bit before about the topic of teaching bar and bat mitzvah, teaching B'nai mitzvah students, but I thought we would take this opportunity, give it a little bit of a fresh perspective, um, because... We, we have a sponsor, kind of, sort of. Are you really doing this? You're really, really, I, 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 it's not really a shameless. sponsor. I know, but shameless. this is, but, but if not me here now, when and who? Me. Because I can, I can do this as much as I want. So, so Matt, this, tell wait, me. Wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Since this is our Chag HaSukot Sameach. It is, it's 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 yeah. Yes, it, it is our joyous season, that's yes. right for our non-Hebraic it's, it's our it's our season of joy because Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are over Hallelujah. And, and and when all of all of these holidays of this month in Tishrei are over it'll be very it's very fun, baby. wonderful best Jewish month of the calendar and and it is the most amazing month of the calendar because it's Cheshvan and it's also an amazing month because you know we're gonna as we're going to do in a few days, raising the roof on the sukkah. Yeah. You apparently have raised the bar. 
Wow. You like that, don't you? <laughs> look, look at you. I was not so, letting you kind of shamelessly so, plug. <laughs> so so this, this special episode of the podcast is brought to you by <laughs> Raising the Bar Mitzvah. Um, my latest book, which has just been out uh, in the past couple months. Um, and It's it, actually I, not terrible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you should write for Publishers <laughs> Weekly. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, not terrible, says Cantor Penny Myers. That's um, right. Th thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, you know what? I, I have to tell you, it was it was a difficult book to write. Um, Are it, you serious? It, totally serious. It Why? was because it when it what I wrote goes against much of what I and probably most of our colleagues spend most of our time doing. Oh my um, God, do we ever, I'm just, I just right. mute every now and again when I hear something loud. So I don't want the wind to be overbearing because it is a little windy here. I, I don't um, hear any wind. Oh, really? It's not even just for me being an airhead? Oh, oh. I can't believe you haven't even ripped on Buffalo yet. Anyway, no, I, I, it's old. But Matt, this book, yeah. I gotta okay. say, okay, yeah. L'chaim, L'chaim to the book. Available at all booksellers, um, Amazon, or support independent bookstores, which is very important, um, and soft cover. And there's a hardcover version too, but it's so expensive you wouldn't want to buy it. It's it's why is it hardcover? It, it's for like libraries and institutions and things like that. But nice hardcover. It should nice be. So you're saying that this should be in the institutions? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Along with the author. Okay, Actually, go ahead. What were you going to say? I, no, I. I mean, I, I just. I want to talk about this book for a few minutes. I, I want you to. <laughs> I know you do. Talk amongst yourselves. You just drink. So, folks, if you're out there in Zoom land, at two canters, walk into a bar land, you got to understand, anything that Matt writes, I hear his voice in my head. Oh, Therefore, yeah. I'm not past chapter two. Yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a problem. Those who know me and they read all the, I know. All the stuff I write. You, you, know, yeah. you speak. I, I write in my voice. Little. Yes, that's right. But there was one part here, which I have to quote. Uh -oh. <laughs> because it's actually something that so many students have said to me. Or parents. Actually, I don't even remember where it was in the, in the book, but mm -hmm. it was... Um, it was talking about, um, hearing your, the cantor's voice coming from your child's bedroom and you make a joke, like, you know, tongue right. in cheek about, you know, first year cantors don't, don't say that. But I, I gotta tell you, if I had a nickel for every time a family member, a sibling said to me, oh my gosh it was like you were living with us which in and of itself is kind of creepy so but, uh, it, it's yeah. true so first of all um, um one technical thing and okay. and every, everyone here is is listening as, as we're going on solving the problem penny it looks like you have a ufo landing on your on the roof of your sukkah can you reposition yourself you're getting a weird sun glare while we're while we're talking okay, okay. So, so penny you were talking about um the the joke i made the about, about yeah. voices about you know recordings and and kids play my recordings they play everyone's recordings um in their bedrooms and i made a, a funny joke that um that parents hear 
my voice coming from all their kids' bedroom. bedroom. And that, the point I was making is I was talking about the fact that we spend much of our time or much of our prep for B'nai Mitzvah kids making and preparing recordings and providing recordings. Um, if you're of a certain age, the technology you use for recordings, you know, is, is whatever it is. I grew up with cassette tapes. Wait, um, what's a cassette tape? Exactly. No, um, no, I had a cassette our, tape. Some of our really old colleagues, you know, grew up with a reel-to-reel or or like, you know, they made records or something. So after- <laughs> <laughs> After we had some wardrobe. After we had some some live technical <laughs> difficulties. <Yes>. Um, <laughs> Penny, Penny is is outdoors and apparently the sun is orbiting- or Around the, me. Orbiting around the sun and changing position and it's not cooperating with our broadcast. But For just a minute. For, for just a minute. So until the next degree of, of like second of longitude happens, you know, maybe we can, maybe we can get this thought in. Um, so we spend so much time of our uh, teaching, B'nai Mitzvah, providing- Of our existence. Right. So let me ask you a rhetorical question, Penny, and anyone listening to us right now. Does that mean I have to answer? Yeah, you have to answer. I, okay, so it's not a rhetorical question. It's a question question. What is- when you teach, when you have a new bar or bat mitzvah student, what's your goal? What like you're you're start at point A, you're done at the bar bat mitzvah at point B, whatever. What is your goal? What are you trying to accomplish? Well, I want to put the my my first objective and goal with any bar and bat mitzvah kid, whether adult mm -hmm. or child, is to reassure them that. I don't expect them to know anything or everything. And also to put them at ease, especially given a language that they're not hearing in their daily lives all the time. But I, I, do, have a, I do have a saying, mm -hmm. practice makes prepared. Mm -hmm. And I also say to my students, I only have two expectations. You have to make mistakes and you have to make progress. I'm more about the journey of getting to the date of the bar bat mitzvah than I am about what occurs on that day. Okay, so I'm, I'm glad you, you finished your answer with that last sentence, because before you were talking not about your goals, you were really talking about your methods and how you relate and, and how you get to the goal. Yeah. But, but I'm, I'm asking, like, if you could... Wait, so I didn't answer your question? Is that what you're You did a little bit, but like, let's do it this way. If you could just snap you your fingers, dumbing it down. For if me? if you could snap your fingers and you're like, okay, you're you you're there and you finished it, and the bar and bat mitzvah is over, and you snapped your fingers and you did it. What did you do? What happened? What did you accomplish? What did you aim to accomplish? Best case scenario. A comfort. Best case scenario. Mm -hmm. A comfort level of being an active participant in a congregational and synagogue setting, as well as a comfort level in their own Jewish identity moving forward, instilling those seeds. That's, it's not just like oh. the day and that's it. Okay, so that's a, I mean, that's a great answer. I mean, I, I, I heartily approve of that answer. Um, and, I, and I think that would resonate. Why I'm an, that's why I'm a good educator. Hey, absolutely, and, <laughs> and, and a good communicator. Um, and I think that I talk, answer, I talk real good. You do. You use words. Good. Um, I, yeah. Uh, that answer would probably resonate very well with, with a lot of our colleagues. 
So I guess then the question is, everything we do for bar mitzvah is pretty much the same, generally speaking, yeah. you know, whatever high percentage amount of the time, it's the yeah. same path, it's the same preparation, it's the same set of skills, usually, um, especially in the conservative world, and, and you yes. know, your experience may vary, Penny, um, but we, we do Haftorah, yes. um, and we teach, you know, whatever certain pages out of the sea door, the prayers that whatever is accepted in that congregation that usually the kid learns. And, and we want them, we say, well, we want you to learn how to do this because, because it's important for the reasons that Penny just said, it's important, but that's not really what happens because we make recordings, right? And what do the kids do? If the kids do, the kids do everything we want them to do, and they spend all the time practicing we want them to practice, what do they do? Well, they end up, I mean, it's just, it's it's only natural, physiologically, as well as psychologically and educationally, that if they practice every day, it's going to become rote. It's mm -hmm. going to become memorized, mm -hmm. which can be a blessing and a curse. Because if you teach certain, I'm just not, not Torah, not half Torah, certain brachot or tfilot that are memorized, are instilled so deeply, that allows a certain part of their neshama to open up with kavanah when approaching that prayer blessing. For example, shema. Mm -hmm. When you connect that and teach that in a way that something like the shema prayer, which is the foundation of Judaism and our declaration as God is one, that it allows that flexibility to incorporate kavanah to be married with the text, with the keva, with the text. Right. So, I mean, I, I love everything you're saying. And, but it's and, not, it doesn't happen all the no, time. Right. But, and I, and of course, I agree 100% with what you're saying. Um, and when, you know, when you take the time to teach the kids, you know, what, so, I mean, you have to start. I mean, we know what the Shema means, but, you know, we have to teach kids what it is and you have to give them a context and, and so forth. And that's wonderful. Every minute that we spend teaching something like that, which is great, is one less minute that we spend teaching Haftorah, you know, practicing tropes, right. you know, having, if, if the kids have to learn pages, you know, one through a hundred, then we have to get through a hundred pages, you know, and, and you know, it's a weird way of teaching to the test. It, well, that that's, it's like you quoted the book. I have a whole section on teaching to the test. It's almost like I have the book. Uh, almost. Thank <laughs> you for some more. And you can have it too, by going online. And order. That's right. And if you're going to go on Amazon, support the Canners assembly, right. please. Right. Or even better buy from an independent bookstore. They need or to buy book. from that. Right. Or buy Maybe from we'll sign you a copy. Actually, I'm wait, our viewers should know. I actually had a hard, I had a hard copy before Matt did. That's, that's right. That's right. I, <laughs> I was I, like, that's right. It what took, it I got? My, my own copies were delayed in the, in the, in the shipment, in the mail. So, but, but I finally that, got, I finally got I, I know, I know who's really important in right. this relationship so, here. So <laughs> why do we, why do you think that we, generally speaking, just teach the same thing to the same kids? All of our kids have different, you know, interests and skills and some of them sing unbelievably and some of them not Most so much. Of them, yeah. um and you know and, and you know of course any kid can sing i have no problem with that but but why why do we insist that 
you know, they stand in front of a congregation and do it the exact same way as everybody else when some are going to be better and some are not going to be as good right. and some aren't going to get all the material. And, you know, I, I think that the, I know I'm breaking a lot of hearts right out, out right now of our colleagues, rabbinic and cantor. You're, you're a heartbreaker, Penny. Yeah. Is that I'm also a uh, drink mm. done or, yeah, you, need another one. Get you know, I think, I think, I think the process and the expectations writ large are so deeply antiquated mm -hmm. and are not applicable anymore. And, and that is a large part of the point that I make that we are teaching a generations old. I mean, going back to our grandparents, great grandparents and further, we're teaching the same model. Yeah. Everything has moved on around us um but except, yeah ex except for that um and and now and then i pose in the book i i pose other open questions like well why does it have to be age 13 age 13 made sense once upon a time well, now tell maybe that, tell our tell our viewership why yeah. age 13 and one day for those who identify as male and why age 12 and a half and one day for those who identify well, as female there are there are different there are different origins of it. Um, nothing is is written in halachic stone. Um, a lot it's all just very strong minhag, which is taken on the force of like this is just the way we do it. Um, but they it, it goes back um, in Pirkevot, which is a yeah. body of of uh, literature ethics of our fathers, and they set ages for when certain things would be done. You know when you're you know, I don't remember what it was, five or six, you open up the text for the first time. And when you're, da, 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 and when you're, you know, you get married at a certain age and you're elderly at a certain age. You cut your hair, you cut your hair, right? Yeah, when you're, right. you know, light candles, right. you know. So, so 13 was, was sort of given as the age of maturity is when you would take on the rituals and so forth. Um, and, and also, you know, I, I sort of point out as well that there was a basis biologically that, you know, when, bodies are changing. Um, we, we can say the P word, puberty. Um, when when bodies are changing, yep. Um, around that age, that certainly, you know, made it made a little bit of sense to say, okay, well, then the kid is, you know, has, is reaching the age of maturity and, and um, you know, is now eligible to be counted as Jewish adults. But that that's fine. I, I have no problem do with that. You, do you talk about that with your students? Not, not, not essentially going through oh, puberty. God, no. <laughs> well, can I share with you? I'd like to share with everybody. All right, all right. Just are these kids come in and they're I know, but I'm out and I'm not going mm -hmm. inside. These kids are frightened when they mm -hmm. first start. They are frightened, no matter of their background, no matter of their skill set. They all they can think about is not taking it a, a piece at a time, but they think about that one day. And it's so much pressure. Mm -hmm. And I remind the kids as a joke, well, nothing could be much more of a hazing ritual than bar bat mitzvah because, you know, you're 12 or 13 or 14, as it was my case. Um, you, you know, you're, you're going through a lot of changes in your school. You're going through a lot of changes in sports and in growth. Nothing like a good you know, Jewish ritual to highlight 
all of the things that you feel so insecure about. It's, you know? it's, not, it's not only a questionable time to do it, it's, it's the worst possible time I know. to do it. Exactly. I, mean, it, I agree with you. It, it's, like, it's like a practical joke that nobody got the joke and now we're stuck with it. It's like hazing. Yeah. That's what I say. It's hazing. Right. And then, you know, but I, but I do believe, Matt, I do believe that B'nai Mitzvah, Bar or Bat Mitzvah or B Mitzvah, there's a new initiative happening. Mm -hmm. I do believe that it is a very crucial, pivotal, like tipping point with our kids right now, as, as it stands where, where, you know, our programs usually are with their Jewish feeling, feeling um, good about their Jewish identity. Whereas if you have a really good cantor, like you or myself, you know, you're going to feel good. You're going to feel connected to the shul. You're going to feel connected to, to, to us individually. You're going to feel connected to, you know, Judaism and, and God. But, but what is, you know, anecdotally, I hear from you know, people our age, our, our generation, and they recount their own experiences going through B'nai Mitzvah. And, you know, there was nothing traumatic about it. It was just, you know, oh, they, 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 just had to get, they just had to get through it. But they remember having, you know, being miserable because they had to memorize this body of stuff. Yeah. And, and they did, they, they did whatever it is they needed to do, but, but they didn't enjoy it. They knew they had to get it done. They, you know, got yelled at by their parents to yeah, practice it. Okay. Okay. But then they got through it. And now all they remember is, okay, you know, I, I had to learn a Haftor. Do you remember the Haftor? No. Do you remember the Parsha? I think I remember the Parsha. I can do the first couple words. I, you know. But do you care they, about that? Do you, do you, Matt, at Cantor, Matt, Axrod, do you care if when they're our age, Mm -hmm. If they actually remember their parshat, no, not not per se. But that's the point of the book: is that we're focusing right. on the wrong things, right? What, right. What, Correct. So, so <laughs> you're the whole thing about forming a connection. Yes, that's what we're looking. That's one of the goals. I would assume that we're all thinking about for our kids to form a connection to 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 gain some kind of knowledge, right? About foundation. something, right? Yeah. Foundation or to um, you know, to, and also, yes, a ritual is all about crossing a threshold to say, you know, with whatever the bar mitzvah is on, on this side is one thing. And then you cross a threshold and you've undergone a change. My whole body of questions is, well, what does that threshold have to look like? When does it have to happen? And why does it have to be the exact same thresholds for every single kid? Um, and, exactly. and these are, they can be very simple questions or they can be earth shattering, you know, how dare you even ask the question questions. Well, exactly. You know? that's, that's why I prepped this, what, what I said earlier with, I'm breaking a lot of rabbis and cantor's hearts by so saying. I, I want to ask you, because Penny, you work um, in the reform movement and you're- I, I did work in the reform did movement. did the work in the reform movement, but you have more experience in that movement. I have none. Um, my, my whole career is conservative. So I want to ask you, you obviously must be familiar with the process of confirmation. Yes. Okay. So would you walk me through exactly what is confirmation and how does it differ or augment the process of becoming B'nai Mitzvah? So, okay. So confirmation is a relatively new ritual compared to like all of our other rituals we have in Judaism. And it is, 
typically, you know, after your bar bat mitzvah, you continue your studies um, through what we call Hebrew high school or through independent learning. And it's basically the 10th grade year. So grade 10, a, you know, is when the service is held. And it's actually typically held at Shavuos because right. we're it's we just, it's, and, and it's also, it, it just fits in the schedule better. It's the end of the school year. But it's a way of post bar and bat mitzvah age children, because they're still kids. They're still children. To affirm or reaffirm, to take, you know, to to take that responsibility of the next step while a b'nai mitzvah class could be 35 45 students a confirmation class on on a good year could be a fifth of that and it's it's their way of it's their it, you know it's it's the kids way of taking that next step of responsibility and ownership. Um, all right, so, so, so a couple things. First of all, you just said that it's, you know, the size of the class is obviously significantly smaller. That's part of the very problem is that most people, of course, you know this, view B'nai Mitzvah as the end, the end, you know, teaching the test, they did it. O only the hardy, smaller number will stick around for the next step and, and confirmation or not, you know, many of our synagogues have you know, some kind of Hebrew high school program or post-educate. Right. You know, so, you know, but of course not everybody stays for that. It's not considered mandatory as much as religious school is considered mandatory. But the other question is, what if you lived in a parallel universe that had no B'nai Mitzvah at all? There was no such thing. And the kids just did confirmation. They just did, they were expected to you know, they, whether you're religious school, whatever, but they were expected to come do a body of, of learning of something and then have some kind of concluding ceremony at age 15, 16. Actually, I, I would actually push it to maybe senior year. Truthfully. Even better. So yeah, because everything's <laughs> on the table. So why not? But like, I think, it, I think when you say, when you say it builds on B'nai Mitzvah, does it really? It, it does in a sense, because it re like the kids, who would be confirmands or you know confirmation candidates it rebuilds i mean a lot of it is not a lot of the kids who chose to extend on into confirmation did it because it was the only time they would see their friends who went to other schools other high other high schools oh, so it's, it's it's a it's a social there's a, there's a social aspect built into it that's right, but there's right. also um, seems I, you can accomplish a lot of that without, you know. I mean, you can do youth groups, and I mean, you can, I mean, yes, but you know, youth group is not for everybody. Just like, right. like I find that the confirmation kids were not always the same kids as the ones in the youth group, right? And so it was a way for them to also they they had much more um, latitude to craft the confirmation service which was fascinating to see 15 year olds take ownership of certain rubrics of so, our uh, i'm glad you said that because dun, 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 it, wait a second it, Art, okay. did you write a book i did a, th a third book a third book all my other books are on amazon um so th that that's exactly it penny you you've like you've hit the nail on, you got there organically so and i'm only on chapter two 
Okay, but you'll get there. Um, so it, the whole point is that if we allow kids and you know, if they're a certain age, then obviously kids in association with their families and their parents um, to craft what draws them in and is important to them on their own with our help, we're advisors. Right, it's um, like independent study in right, a sense. Right. right now, everything is top down. We're, we're in charge, we're the clergy. We know what's best yeah. for you. Here's what you have to learn, do it. I don't agree with do that. Okay. And, I'm putting and, that out right. there right now. There I do not agree with okay. that pedagogy or philosophy. Okay. Um, I know I'm gonna get a lot of criticism about what I'm about oh, to say. Well, no more than me. I put I put all these thoughts in writing and, you and did. put it out there. I, I you, went there. You totally, you totally did. <clears throat> but I mean, I think that bar and bat mitzvahs, I think uh, out of all of the wonderful light, uh, out of all of our life cycle and or rituals, I think the way it's antiquated, it's, it really is. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's basically the same formula as mm -hmm. like how synagogues have been run mm -hmm. for decades and decades and decades. Um, it's not, I don't think it's, as it currently stands, I don't think it's healthy. I think that there's something to be said, not about choosing like, Remember those books, Choose Your Own Adventure? Sure. You know. I think the name Mitzvah should very much be Choose right. Your Own Adventure. In fact, that, that might've been a good title. I should use that as a title. Raising that the should mitzvah. be the title for this podcast. Raising the Bar Mitzvah, Choose Your Own Adventure. Because think about it. I mean, there are so many aspects of Judaism. That's <laughs> can, I, can I hold this thing up one more time in front of the camera? <laughs> I'm gonna talk, but I'm gonna I'm gonna talk. <laughs> Wait, I can still see your face, Penny. Move the book. Okay, no. Okay. <laughs> I think that. <laughs> but I think that if we're gonna do a <laughs> if we're gonna do a cookie cutter model of 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 Judaism, I think that we're killing Judaism. I think that we have to allow. Um, amorphism but i think that it would be in our best interest as a religion to actually tap into the what people want so to you know i'm just wondering play devil's advocate for a second and and pretend there you go and, and pretend you're you know some imaginary colleague or colleagues or whatever rabbis yeah. and cantors what case can you make to say you know hey axarod is is just you know he, he's crazy you know this is the I model we have i know that and you know this is the model we have it's it's been working for generations and and you know but has it but has it been i can't i can't even you can't even finish that sentence because it hasn't been working for generations. by the way you're, you're you don't even realize you're, you're like quoting directly from my book like you're, I haven't actually, you're actually quoting like the actual sentences the same written. you, didn't, you didn't even read that part yet but you'll get to it and, and you'll see you'll be like oh i just said that it's um, not working it's okay. not working it's i mean it's it's just not then are we then are we talk am i are we talking ourselves out of our profession are we are we no. talking ourselves out of our no. living to say no. we don't need cantors anymore, we don't need rabbis, you don't even need synagogue membership anymore. Who says you need a service? You just no. go and, and have no, an experience. No, 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 I don't believe that at all. I think that um, 
becoming bar or bat mitzvah, I think is a very important ritual, but it, it need not fulfill the, the wants and needs of unassimilated Jews of the turn of the century, not this century, but mm -hmm. turn of the 20th century, turn mm -hmm. of the 19th century. It need not be that. And that's what it is. I mean, look. I would like as, as a modest first step, which can be done anytime now, is to make variations in what the kids do, don't do, um, choose to do. I would like to make that so commonplace that when people, regular congregants or guests, walk into a synagogue at a bar and bat mitzvah, they have no idea what to expect. Well, wouldn't that's be, just it. I mean, wouldn't it be nice for a member of a conservative congregation yeah. to walk in and they're like, oh, there's a bar mitzvah this week. Oh, you know, and they walk in, they have no idea what to expect. The kid could be the next, you know, cantor in 10 years and then they sound incredible or they have, you know, just very limited you know, synagogue skills that we seem to drill over and over again. But, you know, they, they're doing something, they're reciting something that they composed or they're going right. to discuss something or they are going to present a project um, or they have, you know, certain guests that they want to highlight or, or, or something. Well, that's, um, that's why I think that our job is actually not obsolete because of the role of the Chazan. We have a unique ability, however, which musically, socially, mm -hmm. we're skilled and taught in a way, most of us, most of our cantors are skilled in such a way, but we are able to shape it like, as, as we see that would meet the needs of the student, whether adult or young. And I, I used the term before, but I, I think it really fits here, you know, teacher, but advisor. Advisor. Um, guide. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, to, to kind of close, start closing the discussion a little bit, um, that one of, the, one of the models, one of the metaphors I used for the whole idea of writing that book is that it's like a guidebook. It's like a travel guide. You know, a, a travel guidebook doesn't tell you every single place you can possibly see and how to get there. And it highlights. tells you, it highlights certain places. It hopefully instills interest of, you know, oh, I might want to go off the beaten path and see something. And, and it's, it's sort of a suggestion. It's sort of whet the appetite. And this, what I hopefully have written is to stimulate thought about different ways that families and kids and I and I'm not just saying kids I'm saying families because it's yeah. we, we sort of we sort of de-emphasize the fact that this should be a family process opposed to dropping your kids off at lessons having them memorize some stuff and then coming you know that this is this is a whole experiential thing um we we really only touched the, the surface a, a little bit um but it's it's I think you're on to something I mean I, I hope so and, and I hope yeah look Matt, let's face it, there is so much comfort in the familiar and what we do and, and the familiarity of the ritual as it has been. Well, it's, inertia. It's, it's inertia. I mean, we've always done it. It's path right. of least resistance. I think we need to adapt. I think, yeah. I think I, Torah needs to adapt. I, no. I, think, I, think it's, I think it's food for thought. And, and I think in general, um, you're saying, and I certainly agree, is I think we can do better. I, I think I think we're doing I think 
I think yeah. we're, you know, doing good to okay now. In no, most we're cases, doing because because we're obviously fine. we're obviously we're surviving. Well, but see, I disagree. We're doing fine. I think we're now. functioning. We're functioning. But I, I think we can definitely do better and we can be creative in that, yes. you know, bar mitzvah need not be, b'nai mitzvah need not be the third rail of Jewish life, you know, touch it and you die. You know, this right. is the one thing. Why not? I mean, it, there's nothing that says that a kid has right. to have this ceremony this defined that we all know what we're picturing in our head yeah. at age 13. And it must be like that exactly like this. And they have to learn da, 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 and they have to do. Um, and if they do all this great, if they do a little bit, that's okay too, but they didn't do as good as the other kid who did this much. And One could talk about this topic forever and ever. Um, it, it's just, we're, we've just kind of um, touched on certain points, but it is, you know, it, it's what most of us Jewish professionals synagogue professionals spend we wrestle. a huge yeah. percentage of our time doing, you know, right. I mean, you know, I, I, I spent 90% of my time in cantorial school learning arcane tunes that I will never and have never sung in my life. And I had to teach myself how to teach kids and how to teach B'nai Mitzvah. I, I think that's probably very different now than when I was in school, but we will likely find that out. Don't want to give away any surprises, but Hopefully on our next or very soon to be future episode, we're going to touch on that in a big way. So stay tuned. Yes, that is a good teaser. See? Because. Um, yeah. So, but don't, right. Don't want to give it away. But in the meantime, um, we, we like to thank Raising the Bar Mitzvah for reimagining what our kids learn for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Oh, is um, it really? Sure. I, I, it's my, it's my Zoom link. So yeah. Will, it, will it, will it buy us drinks? It will next not. Next time the drinks are not on the book, like no, no, but yeah, so that it, it functions when you're done reading, it makes a great coaster, and then drinks are totally, and then drinks are on me, literally. Anyway, yeah. um, so <laughs> we'd like to thank you for joining us. Uh, as always, uh, maybe we can get together in person someday, maybe we can sit at an actual bar, and if we do, oh and you happen to join us, please the, come in and the drinks, the drinks are on, are on us. <laughs> <laughs> that was awful because your drink was empty. Let, let's try that again. The drinks are on, are on us. us.